It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherbert. So how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil. Inside the Gamecocks, the show, J.C. Sherbert here along with Phil Mullinax. Happy Friday to you. This week continues to uh, fly by, unless uh, you spent last night like I did for three hours worth of horrible football. <laughs> I That's listened right, to it Doug. on the radio, JC. Yeah, tell Nat I'm sorry that my Washington football team outsucked her Bears last night. <laughs> oh, my. I've never seen something like that. I mean, you know, Gamecock fans have been through a lot. I, I don't think it compares to what the Bears fans go through every year. Uh, having watched this awful brand of football for like three years now, uh, and the fans are just mad at management from the kickoff because they know they don't have any players on offense except Justin Fields, and he's less than ideal. And, boy, what a way to lose a football game last night. I mean, you struggle. You, you get stopped inside the five twice. I mean, we're talking about bad offense. I mean, you know uh, – Play calling, what you name it. Uh, it was, I mean, if it weren't for like the toughness of a couple of their running backs and Justin Fields just playing his butt off and they're tied in, they would have absolutely no chance. Um, you know, you, you work like their defense again always plays good, even though they've lost some key players. Uh, you're sitting there up seven six and they punt to you, and it was one of the worst. Punt fumbles. I mean, the guy just completely it's like a goblin came up out of the, the field and, and 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 was tickling him or something. I mean, he that was that spastic and awful. And so they get the ball back, you drop all the way down <laughs> all the way down inside the 10 again. Uh and uh can't score. And uh could have been a little pass interference there at the end, but uh after that game, the, the Bears are who we thought they were. That's Man, right. They are. <laughs> that was awful. I mean, it, I, 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 I'm a glutton for punishment. I couldn't, uh, couldn't. Do it. They had, they serve uh, at the place we go. They serve free food at halftime of the Bears games. They had jambalaya last night. It was, it was okay. It was oh, oh. <laughs> it was only okay. I mean, only okay. Yeah. The whole night it was. I mean, we had just we decided to go on a whim. We uh. I actually forgot they were playing last night, so it was a uh, it was horrible. But uh, yeah, for those of you that uh, care, the Commanders <laughs> defeated the Bears last night, twelve to seven. <laughs> what a score! <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it was a terrible, uh, terrible football game. All right, today's poll question is uh, about what could be a good football game this weekend. Just made it simple. Who's going to win, Alabama or Tennessee this weekend? And uh, so far on Twitter, uh, 42 votes in, 71% say tied, 28% say Vols. Mm. So uh, could be a great game. Uh, also thought about doing the over-under for that game today, but, you know, Nick Saban's a lot like every other coach in the country. He's not going to tell you if Bryce Young's playing or not, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I don't know. If he doesn't play, I think it could be a lot more low scoring if he does. I think it could go over 70 pretty easily. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> just, uh, you know, because I just think that it's going to be kind of a track meet if, if he plays. But looking forward to catching that game this weekend and, and several others. Florida LSU, obviously, uh, on this side of the division is very intriguing. I, I think 
what will Kentucky do against Mississippi State this week? Will Levis come back? Will they, that be a competitive football game? You know, Mississippi State beat them pretty good last year uh, down there. And uh, Phil, that's a team you're really high on, and they've been on a roll. I have, yeah. I, I really liked them. I mean, you know, senior laden, you know, experience laden, third year in Mike Leach's offense. So there's a lot of more comfort there. And yeah, it just it made sense for them to have a good year. But yeah, who's who knows? Who knows? That egg bowl is going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Two of the more colorful coaches in the game, uh, Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin. So yeah, this it's like I said yesterday, it's kind of like 2014. The Mississippis are really good this year. Uh, mm-hmm. well, with Alabama on the west side. So uh should be a good entertaining weekend of football. Penn State, Michigan, and the Big Ten. Uh I think uh Michigan and their schedule <laughs> sort of uh has me thinking the, the Nittany Lions who are more battle tested will go in there and win. But don't listen to me, folks. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you if you like to play the, the spread and, and win money or you don't 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 listen to me. Don't I don't want to I, I never, uh, I never tell anybody. To do, I don't want that kind of evil on me, you know. Like somebody's like, you told me to pick this team, and uh, you know, I lost this or, or whatever. You know, that's uh, that's kind of not my game. Although a buddy of mine did. Uh, we we're just sitting around one day. I think it was the day Carolina played Georgia, and Georgia Tech was playing Ole Miss. I said I thought that was lock of the the week of the day, and it was because Ole Miss covered. And I think they were given sixteen and a half, so I did get that one right. But don't if I say lock of the day. Maybe listen, but don't otherwise. <laughs> but yeah. uh, basically talking about my butt here. Um, we have Michael Flint, Wando's World, coming up at noon. We get to get him back in to the show uh, this week. Obviously, talking a little X's and O's, his thoughts about Kentucky and moving forward to AM. Want to get his take, especially on uh, that Juice Wells play that went 42 yards and the blocking that's set up for them out there on the perimeter. And you know, the perimeter blocking in general, you guys know that against Georgia State, that was a huge issue. You know, Carolina tried to get it and attack the perimeter, and boy, that it was it was ugly. <laughs> it was ugly that night, so it's gotten a lot better. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, the reverse call two for the touchdown, so that's something good. You know, a lot of times, uh, it is little things and execution that, uh, you know, makes a big difference. You don't think about that. When you think about blocking, you obviously think offensive line, maybe a tight end, uh, running backs and pass protection. But that perimeter blocking is pretty important, too. I think I think sometimes we take it for granted. Oh, yeah. um, so that's the deal there. Nana's Porch chat box always is something we don't take for granted around no, here. No, no. Love y'all. Already rolling this morning. Already rolling this morning. Doc said, good morning from the land of leaves. And Chris Mornings, our first frost coming this weekend. First I think football. It, it was uh, sorry, I didn't mean to stomp all over the end of his uh <laughs> sorry doc. No, <laughs> no, I was just gonna concur, man. It was chilly up here. It was 40 degrees this morning when we woke up. So wow, yeah. I yeah, think it, it gets out about that last night, uh, where I'm at, and uh mm-hmm. it's only gonna get worse from here, Phil. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that's true, that's true. Well, yeah, ours is a level off. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is one of those days, one of those things where it's like winter is coming, like the like the Game of Thrones thing. Uh-huh. It's actually on the you know, around October they start putting the, the on the road signs up here. Winter is coming. You can get your car, get your car winterized. Get your ice, get your ice tires going. Yeah, winter's coming, and you can just see the, the misery on people's faces. 
<laughs> I mean, like you was, get used to it. I mean, surely you get used to it. What is this your third winner up there? I'll put it this way. Yeah, and I avoided the polar vortex a few years back. That's just relatively mine. But I'll, I'll put it. I'll put it this way. Uh, uh, about the winter uh, up here when it's uh, you know you'll get to a certain point like in March or April where if it's sunny and forty five degrees I'm in shorts yeah, outside grilling <laughs> forty five degrees okay yeah I'm, I'm like you know anyway that's a reprieve yeah because that's yeah. a reprieve yeah. and I'm trying to lose weight and I've got this I mean this layer of blubber feels pretty good right now that's a funny word. Jim Gaffigan has a good bit on on blubber and whales and <laughs> blubber and blowholes and anyway, check that out. JimGaffigan.com. <laughs> you like him? I kind of like the fact he goes up into a high voice every now and then. But anyway, Craig uh, says Friday. Uh, Doc mm-hmm. says you ain't got nothing to do. Gonna get you high today on Friday. There goes Debo. You ain't got stuff to do. <laughs> my favorite movie. How are you gonna get fired on your day off? I <laughs> says <laughs> the commanders of the bad news bears play the other bad news bears. I mean, it was a d- disaster. The only I, I thought the the Washington defensive line and the Bears defense in general really played well. Everything else was terrible. Special teams. <laughs> You name it. I mean, quarterback play. I mean, in general, I mean, Justin Fields is playing hard, but Carson Wentz. I mean, what the? I know. <laughs> I, I, I I threw my hands up even when they brought him on the team. I'm like, well, okay, we're just you know we're we're playing for a pick. <laughs> the West Virginia game with Mike Morgan on the call was awesome. He did the Marshall game on Wednesday too. Yeah, he's been Our around this week. Oh yeah, in the good state of country roads up <laughs> there for, for Mike Morgan. He spent a lot of time in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, dude. Uh Docs, I so wish Mike had this play by play for Carolina Radio. Yeah, that ship sailed. Everybody wishes that. So yeah. um Preston says any news on the OT that decommitted from the team up north. Yes, Preston, I do have some news. Uh it's not news for the Gamecocks, uh, but I, I Florida State's probably getting it. Oh. Which, if you're a Carolina fan, you don't really, you know, you're not sad if your art travel loses a player to FSU or Miami or anybody in the ACC for that matter, because quite frankly, they need them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quantrill says, JC, did you see where the university bought the fairgrounds? Rumors are they may turn it into transform it into something similar to the battery at Truist Park in Atlanta. I have no comment about that. No. Uh, for now, but uh, I don't know. I don't know that they bought the fair. I mean, I, you know, if they actually bought that, uh, there's a real estate transaction record when they close on it. Maybe they, maybe they didn't close on it yet. It'll it'll be public. You know, the, the newspaper guys probably they ain't, they're not going to sit around and <laughs> not pay attention to that. Uh, Craig says Xavier McLeod's going to Florida LSU. <laughs> I thought that was very interesting. Uh, but I think we all knew he was going to take some visits and all that. So we'll see, you know, what happens there. Um, J-Rock, sup, Gamecock fam? Just wanted to share some good news I have. We like that, J-Rock. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Emily and I get to move into our brand new home this weekend. We're cheering for that since the Gamecocks ain't playing this Saturday. Yeah, it would suck to have to move on a game day. 
Oh, I know. Uh, there's several things that I just refuse to do on a game day. Weddings are one now. Um, uh, moving, moving would be another. Uh, massive amounts of honeydew. You know, I don't mind a little in the morning. You know, I'll, I'll get that done. Uh, but massive amounts of honeydew projects on yeah. game day, uh, especially Carolina game day. Now, this weekend, I'll be a little more measured. We got some stuff to do out back. I actually tried to start it last night. Uh, and you can't really drain it, 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 it when it's cold outside. You're trying to drain a gigantic turtle pond it, by yourself. It can get a little tricky. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> I'll get I'll get to that tomorrow. I can um, imagine you out there with a hose trying to siphon it off. <laughs> yeah, Jarek, I, I want to say this: just uh, it, it's so great and, and such a blessing. I think to be a homeowner, uh, and and so I kind of feel I feel. I feel you there, uh, and I'm happy for you and your family. And uh, just uh, may that new home be blessed with love and happiness, and uh, you know a lot of gamecock wins, obviously. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I, I understand uh, that how, how great that is. And so, um, congratulations to you and your family. Uh, I, I think that's great. Uh, Doc says, "Come on, Phil, let it shine." I don't know what that's about. Oh, it's probably about Friday. I censored myself on the Friday reference. Doc, I can quote that movie line for line. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Google and YouTube wouldn't get mad at us. Yeah. Well, listen, <laughs> Phil knows that movie. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me. Uh, in, in fact, if I needed a, an exact, I would call Phil. Yeah. Uh, from that movie. <laughs> Cartwright comes in. He says, JC, I felt for you watching the Bears last night when the announcers were, say, uh, were saying the Bears coaching staff said they would not change their scheme for their players. It's kind of like someone else we know. I wonder where we've seen that before. That, uh, that may or may not have entered into our text conversation last night during that game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything about it, man. You know, uh, how about this for a name? Hollis Brown Thornton. That is a name, by the way. I was in Chicago for four years. He's from Aiken, South Carolina. And once it hit mid-40s, there were shorts everywhere. Yeah. And uh, lots of lots of brightness when those shorts go on, unless people go to the tan and bed. <laughs> it's blinding. It's blinding. Oh, my God. The neighbor had shorts on. Oh, give me my sunglasses. We're uh, like Doc from Back to the Future. Where we're going, we don't need roads. We don't need roads. <laughs> There's enough solar power with uh, uh, white folks in Chicago wearing shorts in March uh, to power the flux capacitor and go back in time. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a it's a shiny shiny situation. <laughs> See, I'm used to have a little bit of tan. You know, I'm from the South, right? I mean, that's what the, the term "redneck" comes from, right? Right. You know, your mm -hmm. neck is all red for being out in the sun. Oh, um, Doc says, uh, not that many, but done enough moves to the next is going to be in a pine box. <laughs> I'm almost there, Doc. <laughs> Just got one with moving. <laughs> I probably got one more in me. I would guess at some point. Probably I may have one. Yeah, I yeah. Have I'll probably get back home. You know, get back to uh, South Carolina. Get the forever home and, and just, just sit there and rot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. says the Cobra Commanders actually won last night. I, I think know. their mask would be a lot cooler if they were called Cobra. Yeah, the yeah. Cobras. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the idea of the Red Tails. They were talking about the Tuskegee Airmen and all that. I mean, mm -hmm. you know. 
Commanders is just either that or just leave it. The football team was better than Commanders, but I mean, we, let the, don't get me started on the office and ownership. With the oh team. my god. god! That that that's probably the two worst run franchises in football last night. You know. <laughs> I mean, at least the Jaguars, like their owner tries. Okay, let's go get Urban Meyer to get everybody excited. Oh, that was a disaster. Okay, well, let's let's draft Trevor Lawrence, you know. The Jaguars at least try. And they're actually talking in Chicago, uh, not to get too far off topic because it's not inside the NFL, it's inside the Gamecocks. But you remember inside the NFL? That was a pretty cool show. It was. That was a good show. Um, uh, they're talking. The, the mayor up here, she's, uh, she's something else. Uh they're moving the Bears out to the suburbs. Uh, for those that went to Keeneland last week, Arlington Heights used to have a racetrack similar to that horse track. Well, they closed it, I guess. I guess people up here, it's too damn cold to play the horses all the time. Just give me a beef and a beer and let me sit inside. Nay. Mm-hmm. Um, the horses say nay. Is that right? Yes. No. Yeah. They're nay. They're nay. Okay. I, I was th- thinking, hopefully, it wasn't goats. Goats are bad, right? Or sheep. Chief I don't man. want to get into that right now. Hold on. So what they're saying is uh, they have Soldier Field left, right? And it's it, Soldier Field is like if somebody took like a a gigantic Tupperware dish and plopped it down on top of some ancient ruins uh, and put it in a park where, you know, with all these fancy, you know, bougie museums. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, it's right there near the Natural History Museum. Yeah. <laughs> you can walk to the aquarium, whatever, you know. <laughs> And there's people out there, you know, their bears games urinating and drinking frozen beers and fighting and <laughs> cussing and eating Polish sausage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so that thing's a dump, right? It, it just they, they've never gotten it right. Uh, so they're moving and they're going to have a dome stadium out there, shopping, retail, whatever. So uh, long story short, the mayor says, well, we'll just move another NFL team to Soldier Field. And speculation in the media up here was it be the Jacksonville Jaguars? Oh, geez. I can't imagine a worse product than the Jacksonville Jaguars at Soldier Field. Ah, Chicago Jaguars. Yeah. You know, I mean, these franchises in this town, I mean, have been here for like 100 years, right? I mean, there's no more room for, there's no room for a new team. It's not like, it's not like people are moving to Chicago and there's all these transplants to adopt it either. Mm. You'd be better off moving the the Jags to like Austin, Texas, or someplace like that. Yeah, two baseball know? teams is the two football teams is. The two baseball teams have been around here for like years. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, they're hundred. And, and the fans, the fans in Chicago are, are different than like L.A. Like L.A. people are like, oh, like cool, like man, like the NFL is back, man. Oh, great, uh, Chargers or Rams? Oh, I think I'm going to go with the Rams because they were here. But you know, like the Chargers are okay too, brother. But yeah, okay, like wow. And up here, like. What in the hell is this? The Chicago <laughs> Jaguars? What? What? What's that? What's a what's, what's that? No, <laughs> no, no, no. You, you want to go to the Jazz game? No. <laughs> you, you, you'll, you'll literally be able to get in for a beef sandwich and a beer. Give me a beef and a beer, and I'll let you in. All right, good. <laughs> anyway, uh, Mr. Andrews says being a Cox fan and a Bears fan is a special kind of torture. I don't know what offense is, no matter how many people talk about it. Man, I just boy. At least you had the uh, eighty-five defense up there. You're still hanging on that. <laughs> people dress like dick in the stands. Trip me out too. I saw that. I, they still do it. I love it. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Doc says JC is killing it. Thanks, because I depend on you. I rearranged the the set here today because I had to move the turtle inside. The turtle's right there um, at my feet in, in her habit winter habitat. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to not trying to keep the cord from hitting the mic. Right, that's my that's my goal from here on out. Because I, you know, people were people were saying I was getting feedback in my mic, and I never could figure out what it is, and finally figured out it is indeed the cord. Yeah. You know? Uh, They're sensitive. Casey says that's not where the term redneck comes from, but this is a sports podcast, not a labor one. Okay, I, yeah, I'm sorry. I, my, my mama told me that a long time ago. So, it, it, but she told me some other things too. <laughs> when I got older, I was like, oh, that wasn't quite right. But 98 uh, percent of what she told me was right. So maybe, maybe, maybe she just heard that. I'm sorry, Casey. I, I don't want to, you know, I don't know, get into that but uh I, I, I do appreciate you letting me know so i don't continue to spew any idiocy about that um preston says if south carolina beats texas a&m this weekend does jimbo get the herm edwards treatment oh i don't know it'd be rough getting fired on williams bryce field <laughs> if i were jimbo and i got fired though I'd, I'd just be like i'd take off my whistle and hand it to him and jump for joy Right, still getting eighty six million dollars, and there's no that that my understanding is now. I mean, uh, you know, you can always litigate things, right? But my understanding uh, is that there's no like mitigation buyout. I mean, it's it's guaranteed. Yeah, it was all. I think that was the the thing. It was all guaranteed with incentives. <laughs> yeah, and it was seventy five. Now it's up to eighty six. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. Yeah, take the wrestling uh, going up to West Virginia. I'd be like, hey, I could, if they fired Neil Brown, and I don't know what last night does to that, but uh, if West Virginia moved on from Neil Brown, Jimbo did get fired from, you know, A&M, I could see him landing up there. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Not sure how successful he would be, but uh, I think uh, I could see him landing up there. Um. Quantrell says being a Bears fan is tough, but at least they have a cool nickname, the Monsters of the Midway. That's true. This That's is true. true. Mm -hmm. Monsters of the Midway. Uh, Jay Wright says what's really interesting in South Carolina is being a Ravens and Gamecocks fan because there are a lot of Steelers and Tigers fans around. Yeah, there's a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers fans in Greenville. Um, Ex-in-laws, Pittsburgh, big Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Their family's from there. Um, so, yeah, you, you got two rivalries right there mm -hmm. in South Carolina. Uh, Doc says the orange fog has been thick for sure. Oh yeah. Ooh. What do you What do you guys think about that game, Clemson, Florida State? Um, That's an interesting game. I, you know, I think Florida State's got a shot. <laughs> They've been playing great. They, they have. I mean, they they stumped their toe against Wake, but and then unfortunately lost to NC State like they did. But uh, they, other than that, have had a good year. They've they've been in big games. Uh, Clemson. Would you call Wake Forest a hostile environment for them? Yeah, about as much as I would Haywood Mall during uh, Christmas season. Yeah. <laughs> this is a hostile environment. I'm leaving. I'm going to the food court. But yeah. <laughs> you, you stand in this Santa line. I'm going to the food court. I'm done. Yeah, yeah that's it. Go eat. I'm going to go uh, fill up on these samples of bourbon chicken these ladies are giving out here. <laughs> I'll put you it Burns and Dorman are playing this evening. That'll be a more hostile environment than you get in Winston-Salem. 
Hey, seriously, there more than that. But um, it's a uh, yeah, yeah. So, so this is really and Boston College is another one of those ho hum places on the road. Uh, they opened in Atlanta against Tech, and I think they probably have more fans than Tech. Um, so yeah, this is a, going to Tallahassee is probably going to be you know one of their the, their biggest most hostile environment to uh, to date. Mm-hmm. I know FSU people are making a huge deal out of this weekend. The place is going to be packed. Big recruiting weekend for them. Um, I just Florida State's offense against the Clemson defensive line. I think eh, I don't like that matchup for them. No, that's the story of every. I think that's the turning times playing for them on offense too. Yeah, on the offensive line. <laughs> He's playing better than he did at Carolina. <laughs> but. uh you know, I don't know. I don't know Brian Breesey versus uh, Jazz Turning Time. Mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but Florida State, I mean, they've been pointing toward this game. Uh, uh, you know, I kind of think they got caught looking ahead a little bit because they had Wake, NC State, Clemson, three straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they got caught looking ahead uh, a little bit when they started 4-0. But, uh, you know, Clemson historically – They've had some blowouts down there recently when Florida State hit rock bottom, but historically it's a tough, close game. I remember the 2016 game. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it was what, 40, 37 34, Clemson. Uh, fortunate to win there at the end. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with that one. But that's, uh, I, I tend to think uh, Clemson will, will win it. Uh, just based on on what I've seen, but it's intriguing. It's intriguing. Um, Daddy O says, "Good weekend, just to relax and drink and not be worried about Carolina." Yeah, that's the good thing about the open dates. <laughs> yeah, I've got uh, take it easy Friday night tonight. Pizza, pizza movie, rest up. Got the freshman kid uh, his ball game tomorrow morning at nine a.m. Bright and early. Uh, then I got to go winterize the backyard, train the turtle pond. Uh, clean up a little bit, and then uh, about that time, I'll be cracking open one for Bama and uh, Tennessee. Yeah, so that'll be a lot of fun. Chris C. says, "What would you guys think of Kitchens? Freddie Kitchens is a play caller. Do we need to totally get away from the NFL type offense?" I think, I think based on the, the small sample size with the Browns, uh, I like what he does play calling wise. Um, I want to emphasize. I talked with a, a source yesterday. Um, he was not calling the plays. I mean, that was it was definitely Satterfield calling it. Um, and and Freddie always has a lot of input, you know, and, and, and back and forth and stuff. But Sat was calling him. Uh, so that was that was kind of something that there is a little rumor out there or whatever. And I, I actually went to a source about it last night or, or yesterday afternoon. Um, and so so that's it. But I I you know he's intriguing to me as, as just an actual play caller because. I thought he had some real creative stuff he did with the Browns, but it you know, it's just so hard to translate the, these NFL guys back to college. Uh, and, and as as it is hard for you know uh, you to translate college back to the NFL, you know, I mean Steve Sarkeesian, uh, pretty pretty good play caller, right? You know, uh, decent with the Falcons, not great. Comes back to Alabama and is in a complete zone like best play caller in college football in 2020, I thought. Um, so, you know, and he was just kind of okay in the NFL. So, I, I you know, it, it, very few – Bill O'Brien, uh, very few people 
Um, the guy that's the head coach of the Giants now, Brian Dable, was the the OC at Bama. Very few people can go back and forth like that, guys. And most of them are in Alabama, you know, going back and forth between Bama and um, and the NFL, you know, from what I've seen, you know. And so it's just hard. I, but but I do think I do think Freddie Kitchens has a good offensive mind. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and he seems to be a great guy and, you know, very well respected and loved around the football building. Um, so that's uh, – but do, do you need to get totally away from an NFL-type offense? It, it just kind of depends on what you do, um, you know, because – You need to you need to pare it down for your personnel. Yeah, I teach you know, it differently. You need to, you need to, yeah, tailor it. Mm-hmm. People say simplified, and everybody automatically means, well, you know, cut back your plays on your plays, like 15, or go go to like four different, you know, just go, just run four plays and see how it works, <laughs> you know. Um, and it, it goes beyond that. It's more like, you know, what you call the plays, how you call the plays, the terminology, that kind of thing. Uh, that I think gets things bogged down w- with this type of deal. So, uh, but you talk about pro style. I mean, like Cliff Kingsbury uh, has been with the Cardinal. Would that be considered a pro style offense now? Um, you know, so I, I don't know. I also think a lot of offensive coaches that are in college that spend any amount of time in the NFL at all come back with a lot of big ideas sometimes. They don't always work, right, <laughs> at, at this level. So that's it there. All right, more from the Nano Sports chat box. We actually do have a uh, a uh, iHealth Consulting mailbag question today. Thank you for that. Again, you can get in on that inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com. Update on the poll. It kind of looks like uh, like the tide still, 70%. 70.3 to 29.7. Hard to bet against Bama. <laughs> yeah, hard to bet against Bama there. And, uh, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, all right, so we'll be back after these messages. Inside the game, Cox, the show rolls on on a Friday right here. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a Dyer Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners 
uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Sydney Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. What's up, this is Jaheim Bell with the Gamecocks, and you're now listening to Inside the Gamecocks Show with J.C. and Phil. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Just want to remind everybody that we are sponsored by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com and use the code BIGSPUR for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. And, of course, the first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss at Colwell Banker Kane Realty here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call for all of your upstate residential real estate needs, 864-414-5271. And, JC, before we get too deep into the bottom of the hour here, I just want to uh, let everybody know uh, to keep Gamecock Pastor one of our prolific uh, help consulting mailbaggers in your thoughts and prayers. His wife uh, went to the hospital and they had a premature baby. Still got a long road to hoe, uh, but every, everything is okay as of right now from what we're seeing on Twitter. So uh, love and prayers to you, Gamecock Pastor. And uh, Sawyer Nix of the Mental Edge also stopped by and he tweeted about that and dropped in. So uh, thank you, Sawyer. I know we've got a, a good listening family here and just uh you know everybody loves one another we may get onto each other's nerves but uh keep them in your thoughts and prayers absolutely it's what it's all about you know and uh it, it gives me it gives me a lot of uh self-gratitude uh that 
you know, saw, saw your Knicks went by to see Gamecock Pastor uh, when he's having a hard time. You know, just yeah. the, this little thing Phil and I have created, you know, good comes of it. You know, we're not, we don't just sit here and make fun of Todd Ellis's uh, calls all day. It's, <laughs> I'm funny. not really, we're not really making fun of him. It's really flattering. No. It, it is. I mean, you know, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. We're kind of giving him a, uh, kind of making it like almost like a Saturday Night Live kind of deal. I, I don't know. You know, or, or like, I don't know. I don't really know how to describe it. We give it the Weird Al treatment. The Weird Al treatment. That's it. <laughs> it's like a, remember, like a surgeon? Yes. yes. Remember, eat it. Living in Amish paradise. Uh, I love Amish. When, when Julio died the other day, I was like, <laughs> I cranked up Amish paradise and gangster paradise. That's right. <laughs> my, my neighbors must think I'm nuts. Uh, we got a. Oh, I, I, I can I'm only imagine what mine think about me. <laughs> you guys are going to be proud of me for this, but and I don't think the guy noticed it, but they they, they delivered a shed, right? I, I got a shed. Eventually, I'm going to turn it into a viewing area. That project got way sideways because they dropped my materials in the front yard, right? <laughs> um, it, was, it was handcrafted by Am- by the Amish around here, right? You know, anything wood, Amish people are all over. I mean, it, it makes sturdy. So an actual Amish person uh, with the beard and the suspenders and all that uh, rolled by, uh, and, and I sat there and cranked Amish paradise in the house. <laughs> Hopefully he appreciated that. I don't think he heard me, but, but I, 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 that probably wasn't a nice thing to do. But I mean, it's flattering. I mean, you know, I guess that song. I don't know. All I know is Amish people, uh, the Amish furniture mart, that's some good stuff. And our shed is because I tried to move it. It's as solid as uh, Jupiter. Or I'm sorry, Jupiter's made of gas. Let's go Mercury on that one. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, let's get back to the topics. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I expect Clemson to win, but wouldn't be surprised if Florida State won either. Clint continues the Lenore Sellers uh, bandwagon. I hope Sellers shows out in front of Satterfield and we finally offer him. I wouldn't mind seeing that. I like Lenore Sellers, man. I, I think he's a really good quarterback. And, you know, Syracuse would probably get a good one. Yeah. If he's up there and if Carolina tries to flip him, I mean, you know, you don't you don't want a good quarterback from your state leaving and going somewhere else and, you know, getting in the Heisman. But, you know, I don't know if he gets that. Is he a 23 kid? Is it? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. this class. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think he's a big, athletic, strong kid that if quarterback doesn't work out, and I want to be clear, I think he is a quarterback. I don't think um, – I'm not trying to move him, uh, and I wouldn't for a while. Uh, but just in case, you never know. I mean, he could, he could always play another position. He, he's really good. Jay Wright says, Carolina's going undefeated in the month of October. That's right. Mm-hmm. Josh Pate, it's one of his like things. Uh, Blake says, Jake, I went down a rabbit hole watching or Jake. JC, I went down a rabbit hole. Blake says, JC, I don't know, I messed that up. I went down a rabbit hole watching the Baylor offense under Art Browse. What he did was even more advanced than what Heupel does and what his son does. We need a similar system with similar tempo. And it's real easy to learn, too. Uh, I think they did. They, they were one of the use emojis um, on the <laughs> on board or a picture, a picture of Coolio or something on the sidelines to, to call plays. Clemson did that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I like about that system is it is it could be up tempo. Uh, they don't 
they they find creative ways in that system to run the ball. And a lot of a lot of these these offenses that evolve from the high school level actually to me uh end up being a lot more resourceful and making a lot more sense for college just because you know, in high school you, you kind of got to play with who you got. Same way in college. You know, in the pros you can draft or trade or get this type of guy for that system or whatever. Of course, unless you're the Bears um, <laughs> or, or the Commanders, <laughs> um, but but you know high school coaches that they, they're kind of under the under the gun for the most part, um, you know because most of them cannot recruit. You know most I say most not all, um, and so they kind of got they're at the mercy of population demographics within their school district, uh, and so they have to get creative. You know especially out in Texas where. You don't win, you get fired, and and people are mad at you. You have to leave town. I mean, that's how how serious they take it out there. Uh, and so, so, some of these systems like Browse that evolved out of the Texas high school ranks, I think, are, are, are very resourceful, creative, imaginative, uh, whatever you want to call it, because it could help mask personnel deficiencies, uh, especially in a league like the SEC. You're ultimately going to have those. Uh, because you're playing against the best teams in the country week in and week out. Now, you yourself could be one of the best teams in the country, but you're still going to run into somebody somewhere that has an advantage in a couple of positions or a few positions, um, and, and you're going to need to kind of improvise. You know, uh, you're going to run into a team with a very, very good defensive line you can't run into the teeth of. You know, you're going to run into uh, a team that's stout in the secondary that that you know covers everybody, so you have to run the football. That kind of thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Bryles and his offense always have been just simply because of the versatility. I mean, I remember, uh, in 2015, they played in the, gosh, it used to be, it's been the cheese. It's, it's what's called the cheese it bowl. Now it's the, it's the number two, there's three bowls in Orlando. It's the number two bowl in Orlando. They played that North Carolina team that won the division under Fedora and they went in there without any. They had their all the quarterbacks were injured. I think one quit the team or opted out. So they played a wide receiver at quarterback the whole game and rushed for like 600 yards <laughs> and beat North Carolina like a drum. Um, yeah, and that was, I think that was one of Brown's final years there. But it's, uh, I, I like that system. I, I, uh, you know, anything that's imaginative, simplified, college that, that, that you know, you use it to mask deficiencies. And I, and I mentioned the other night, in the second half Saturday at Kentucky, I thought, you know, what you want is your play calling to make a difference and not to hurt you. Uh, I thought play calling made a difference in the second half. I, I thought it was good enough to where, you know, hey, well, this guy's wide open. That's play call. You know, that's a good play call, um, that kind of thing. But uh, what you want is for your system, in my opinion, uh, to be something that could kind of get you where you want to go uh, regardless of your personnel. And that that's kind of what Shane Beamer said in his opening press conference. It's It needs to be versatile to where, you know, one year you may be loaded at running back. One year you may not. One year you may have great receivers, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, that's just the nature of college football. And, and Shane Beamer stated that, you know, in his opening press conference. So that, it's that kind of thing. So I'm actually telling you what I like and mm-hmm. also agreeing with, with, with the coaches. So with the head coach. Um. Tommy says Texas A&M recruits less likely to decommit knowing they got that NIL money coming. What do you think? I, I haven't seen any commits and their recruiting actually is picking up a little bit this year. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, um, money, talks. but <laughs> it, you know, I, the thing you got to keep in mind too, though, is yes, I mean, they got these recruits there, but then there's the transfer portal. So these, these guys can walk out at any time, you know, penalty free. So, so you got to probably have more NIL money to kind of help smooth that over. So yeah, to keep them there. And then, you know, it's a developmental game. So you got to have a coaching staff in there worth a damn to develop these kids into, you know, actually what they can be. Cause yeah. you know, the star is a pro- projection of where you think they'll land in the future, but you know, put them in incapable hands and they're not going to go anywhere. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, Puget sound, Puget sound, it's the Puget sound what I'm, I, I don't know what's wrong with yeah. uh, jambalaya is getting to me <laughs> the average jambalaya <laughs> you call it they should call it that and sell it average you don't have our average jambalaya it's extremely average. average bad it's not good that's right <laughs> it's not bad but i wouldn't call it good come out of a bowl superior mediocrity <laughs> boy this <laughs> Jambalaya is awfully mediocre. <laughs> so give me a piece of bread. I'll dip it in there. See if it tastes better. You ever do that? You know, it's like you get some soup or something. You're like, I probably need some bread. Just dip it in here. Oh, a cracker or two in there. Yeah. <laughs> cracker, you know, get some, get some crackers. But, uh, oh, shout out to my friend Margo, who we hung out with in Lexington, by the way, brought me some, I forget the name of the crackers, but they were from Charleston or whatever. Delicious. We I finished those off the other night. <laughs> Rock says, keep hearing the NIL bags have caused some serious locker room issues. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's- I hear rumors, but uh, uh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to speculate. Because if I sit there and we sit there and say that, and then A&M comes in and beats Carolina's butt next Saturday night, you know, and plays together. And they, 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 they sing the Aggie war him in the, in the corner of the end zone afterward. And our guys are looking bleh. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those locker room issues won't be apparent. <laughs> um, J Rock says, JC, do you think we have a good shot at getting Garrett Riley? Well, obviously, Beamer's got a relationship with, with uh, uh, Lincoln Riley, and uh, there were rumors swirling about Garrett Riley uh, joining the staff last year. Um, y- y- you know, I-, I think that his last name's Riley, he's coaching one of the best offenses in the country right now. Um, Sonny Dykes has his finger in that offense, obviously, but uh, if you look at the quotes from their players at TCU, it's Garrett that's dialing them up. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, TCU can is not the type of school that you can uh, always easily win a bidding war against. Mm-hmm. Uh but Carolina, you know, if, if it came to that, you know, they could make him a big – I mean, you know, South Carolina can pay. Uh, it's the SEC team. I mean, you know, uh, it would just be a matter of, you know, would he want to do it uh, and would he come? Because, I mean, TCU is – I mean, they could win the Big 12 and go to the playoff this year. They're good. I mean, they're – they're. you look at their offensive metrics this year, Max Dugan, their quarterback, is playing out of his mind. And Garrett Riley's done a good – I mean, he's done a good job with him. You know, I, I believe he coaches quarterbacks, doesn't he? Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, but, you know, that type of guy would be, you know, even though he is kind of the guy that works for the guy, and I like to stay away from that. I call it the Kurt Roper effect or the, you know, the the, the Steve Spurrier Jr. effect yeah. or, you know, name your guy, you know, that works for the guy. 
But then, then there's some guys that work for the guy that uh, end up being really good. Uh, Jeff Lebby is a guy that worked for the guy. And he's he's part of the Browse family. He's the son-in-law. Pretty, Even though they got shut out the other, other week, you know, uh, I didn't know that they were playing the quarterback from Greenville High School at Oklahoma last week. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. I told mm-hmm. looked at the box when we were doing J.C. and Morgan. Um, Phil, you remember where I used to live? Serene Stadium was kind of in my backyard. I got a chance to see him play a lot in mm-hmm. high school, just sitting on my porch drinking a beer on Friday night. Yeah. Uh, boy, that guy is not what you would call an Oklahoma. I mean, he's got cement shoes, <laughs> slick shoes. Here, 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 Goonie, slick shoes. Slick shoes. Mm-hmm. Slick shoes. Slick shoes. Cement shoes. Uh, he's got cement shoes. Uh, I, I was shocked. I was like, "Where? Did, how did he end up? So anyway, um, I guess they knew him from Clemson and took him as a – but anyway, no wonder they got shut out. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, oh, well, that's, that makes sense. Because uh, we had all the – I had that game on, but I, admittedly I was paying closer attention to Arkansas, Mississippi State, and uh, LSU, mm-hmm. Tennessee. Um, so that's a good deal. Um, Doc Graybeard says, I know old four loss Jimbo has big problems. Yeah, old four loss Jimbo. <laughs> John Thompson comes coming strong from the Pacific Northwest. The Browns offense exploded under Kitchen's guidance, who unleashed a, unleashed a diverse, multifaceted attack. They averaged 23.8 points per game and scored on 79.2% of the red zone trips. Boy, red zone. Red zone offense after watching that game last night. Boy, whoo, shoot. Yeah, that's um, real important. But, you know, I mean, that's the thing about Freddie Kitchens is he's, you know, at the pro level has demonstrated being able to do more with less. Yes. And that's that, a very bad Browns. That's what I like about it. And, and I'll say, you know, when you're coming pro to college, you just never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like, like Steve Wilkes, uh, the interim coach of the Panthers now. Uh, I said this. Yeah, he was defensive coordinator at Missouri last year. Boy, that defense was whoo, shoot, wow, <laughs> ooh, shoe buddy. <laughs> uh, until they played the Gamecocks, I guess it's just two NFL minds going head to head in that game, right? Uh, two hundred fifty yards for the Gamecocks. Happened that. to get the better of him that day. But yeah, I do think. Freddie Kitchens, uh, you know, just in the NFL uh, with the Browns that first year when he took over, was he was very good, and he's got a good reputation for that. Uh, I don't know if you can judge him on on the short stint with the Giants uh, last year, but, uh, you know, who knows. Uh, Austin says, sorry if you've already touched on it. I know he's trending towards Tennessee at the moment. Do we still have a shot with Mazio Bennett, assuming there's a change at O.C.? And is our lack of offense the main thing steering him away, or is there more to it? Uh, I think it's 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 opportunity for touches. Yeah, uh, yeah. not lack compare, of offense scheme. You, yeah. you compare it to Tennessee, and any receiver would, you know, uh, they salivate. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think Jalen Hyatt is probably uh, an example <laughs> that they're pointing to uh, with Mazio, but he's a twenty twenty four guy. There's a long way to go. Uh, my understanding is if, if things were different, let's say the Carolina ran their offensive scheme, he would he would beat Carolina. I mean, you don't you don't re- redo your whole offense for one guy, especially a receiver when they're plentiful. Um, so, uh, you know, 
we'll just have to see what happens at Carolina. But uh, I, I don't think it's – even if he commits to Tennessee, I don't think it's over, uh, especially being an in-state guy. And, you know, you just have to just kind of see what happens. And I know, I know Justin Stepp's not going to give up on him, you know, just because of that. Doc said the op- optics of Tennessee coming in and grabbing a South Carolina player isn't great. But you have time and the portal. Just stay close by to offer guidance to Columbia. Um, Austin says, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think grabbing all of our receivers from the portal is very smart long-term. Got to have some high school guys to develop. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's going to be interesting because, I, Austin, because I think that the portal's still so new, we don't have a lot of, uh, I don't know, a lot of data to kind of look at it. And so, I mean, I think it's worked out at receiver for Carolina so far. Uh, you know, I think, I think Corey Rucker probably is going to be, <clears throat> you know, uh, okay uh, in the future, you know, better mm. uh, when he gets healthy. Amari and Brown's taking a step this year. Uh, I think uh, Juice Wells obviously is one of the best players on the team. Um, you know, uh, Jalen Brooks was, that was before the, Instant eligibility portal, but he's a transfer too, you know, from Wingate, third year Carolina. But uh, you know, so I think I think you could put it together. I, I think the thing too is Austin is is the in-state guys. Uh, you got to get, you know, and this will be you know the two the kid from Myrtle Beach that's at Clemson, Antonio Williams who's at Clemson. Those guys are going to be really good. Randall is the kid from Myrtle Beach, uh, so they're your arch rival, and, and they were the big time guys, and then. If you lose Mazio to Tennessee, that's 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 you know you, you can't you've got to recruit receivers from the state, you know, and, and some of them aren't going to be highly ranked. They're going to end up being really good. Um, mm-hmm. Kyler Horton could end up being a, a big steal. There's uh, going to be more Debo's out there, right? <laughs> yeah, Debo's. Mm-hmm. Do that. Uh, Seventy six says definite prayers for Gamecock Pastor. He's getting prayers here from Seventy Six Gamecock. Rodney Craiger's got a Craiger's got one. Sound the alarm. Touchdown, Carolina. Touchdown, Juju McDowell. Mikey likes it. Mikey likes it. No, I love it. <laughs> Sonder recommends Coolio on Hot Ones. It's a YouTube interview. It was really good. Anyone that hasn't watched Hot Ones before suggests checking it out. Uh, 76 is no one makes better furniture than the Amish, 100%. Craig, it kind of sounds like Jaheim isn't doing what the staff needs him to do, even though they've admittedly stated that he's playing out of position. <sighs> See, that makes my – I don't know. It makes my head hurt. Talking out of both sides of their mouth on Jaheim Bell this year, and it doesn't make yeah. any sense. It drives me insane. It's like, I, I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, he's obviously not being used to his fullest potential. I'd stick him at receiver. I just primarily play him at receiver. Yeah, kind put of, him you, know, you want to use him like Debo, use him like Debo. I mean, put him – primarily play him at receiver. Play him some at tight end, but I like the fullback thing they do with him, you know, on goal line short yardage. Uh, hand him the ball a couple of times, but, you know, have him be – and maybe he's not the best route runner. Um, I haven't noticed that when when, I, when he's been in, that he's not a good – I mean, I haven't seen that from him. But, you know, that's why you scheme him up, you know, get him the ball. Throw a little out pattern. Shoot, just throw that little out out there to, to Gene. <laughs> um, Meredith comes in praying for Gamecock Pastor and fam. Carolina Empire says, JC, we got to work on your pronunciation of Wingate. It's pronounced Wingate. 
Wing it. <laughs> wing, wing. <laughs> that I played with uh, ended up going up there to wing it. Wing it. Wing it. After you, Daddy says, after you trolled the Amish builder, you might have a few screws missing in your rafters. Now I watched him closely like a hawk. He, 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 he never went inside the shed either. He, he it came pre-built, so he had this little this little few. And it's funny because you know this dude's Amish, but he's got like this futuristic robot truck that, that, that he 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 drove it to the backyard on. You know, it's like. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. A little more English than you expected from the Amish, right? Yeah, a little more technology. But but you know, meanwhile, I mean, they're going pup pipping Amish paradise. That's right, Jared. All right, so Krieger says, Jared, that's wasting one of the best athletes coming through here in a while. Also says, hopefully a new offensive coordinator, fancy NIL deal, uh, can keep him here for one more year. Doc says, keep hearing mom. Jaheim Bell isn't happy. Well, yeah, she was on Twitter, apparently. So, Jared says, the browse system is a take on the veer. Wasn't that the same offense we ran with Big George? Was it a, a, somebody that was around back then? Because that was a lot of tall sweeps. But I know Joe Morrison ran the veer. Uh, in 83, 84, and 85. Uh, so that that black magic year, uh, 10 and 2, which was the best season in school history until 2011 <laughs> uh, in terms of record, um, that was a, a veer system uh, with a lot of uh, – Alan, Alan Mitchell would kind of run at the game. Guys have two good running backs. And, and this is just from going back and looking at the tape. Like I was, I was eight years old. You know, when that was going on. So I didn't really understand offenses and stuff. But uh, looking back on it, and then Mike Hold would come in, uh, who, by the way, was number seven and also from Phoenix, Arizona, Tempe. So there you go, Rattler. You're not the first number seven quarterback at Carolina from Phoenix. Right. There you go. Uh, and he would come in, and and, and he was kind of the, the surprise deep passer or whatever. He was fast, too. So they – uh that was the veer, and then in '86, when Todd Ellis took over, oh, they switched to the run and shoot. Wanted to set an interception record there, and then we'll stand the test of time. Hey, I, look, Todd Ellis. Uh, when I first got into football, I mean, that was my quarterback, man. I mean, he was for four years '86, '87, '88, '89. I was a big, big Todd fan, and I think back then we all just lived with the interceptions. Heck, he's got a strong enough arm. He'll come back. He'll throw something sternly sharp in a minute and kill it. <laughs> um, how does Jaheim not have a Taco Bell deal? Is beyond me. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Jordan must be hurt. He would at least play on special teams. I don't know what's going on with him. Um, who knows? Jared says, does Art Brow still carry the stigma? Um, wasn't he cleared of wrongdoing or is that fault? Sort of, kind of, it's toxic. You know, who tried to, Grambling tried to hire him or something and Grant, they, 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 everybody went nuts. So I don't think it'll, uh, do it. Uh, Blake's is great shirt, Phil. I'll have a bloody Mary, a steak sandwich and a steak sandwich. And a steak sandwich. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. I turned butter once or twice living in an Amish paradise, says Tim. 
Well, let's hit the break, JC, because we got the Michael's already. Man, man, I, know, I know. I'm sorry. I just. Uh, no, that, you're good. You're good. Night, I, I, I lose. I lose track of time. Okay, so we're gonna hit a break. Wando's world coming up. Michael Flint after these messages. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Sydney Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, Don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food, truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, Take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting 
nanasporch.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Damn, time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my man. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. As always, we are brought to you by Manscaped. Don't forget, use the code BIGSPUR at manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping. Uh, second hour of the show is brought to you by the Burgesson team at Remax by the Lake. Give them a call or shoot Adam or Derek an email for your commercial real estate needs. B-R-G-E-S-O-N at Remax.net. And we are joined now by Michael Flint on the McKellar Enterprises guest line. Good to have you back, Michael. How you been? It's good to be back. Been doing good. I'm glad to be back. I've been missing y'all. <laughs> yeah, man, same. Likewise. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, big win for the Gamecocks uh, on um, uh, last Saturday night up in Lexington. Uh, one of the big plays in the game, Michael, was uh, at the screen pass to Juice Wells, 42-yard touchdown. Juice just left everybody. But I want to get your take because you, you, you were emphasizing this for a few weeks, perimeter blocking. Uh, was outstanding on that that play on the reverse. I mean, it, it, it looks like it's coming around. <clears throat> yeah, I tell you, I think they've been working a lot on it, and it's come a long way since the first since the first game of the year, and over the course of you know this first half of the season. I mean, it was a night and day difference uh, on the outside. I mean, I think Austin Stogner and, and Jaheim Bell have gotten progressively better, uh, gotten more physical, and I think what Nate Atkins brings to the table was, I mean, I think it was on full display on Saturday night. I mean, he had a, you know, a phenomenal game blocking. I mean, those guys played with, with toughness and, and, and physicality and, and they, and they played downhill and those guys did a really good job. The receivers did a good job blocking. I mean, I think you see, you know, what can happen on the edge when you, you know, when, when guys out there blocking, you know, a five yard gain can turn into a, you know, a, 20-yard gain or a 30-yard gain or even a touchdown like it was with Juice Wells. I mean, you see what happens when you get your athletes the ball in space. They make plays for you, and that, and that speed was on full display on uh, on Saturday. So it was really good to see uh, those guys, you know, bring it on Saturday because it's, 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 you know, first time really that they just impose their will. Yeah, I, I thought Marshawn Lloyd continues to run hard, and, uh, you know, I, I thought Carolina's offensive line – uh, really, you know, there's always going to be a few things in every game. Uh, the third and one and fourth and one obviously comes to mind. And uh, some of the early pressure, some of the early pressure didn't exist. Spencer kind of saw it, seeing Ghost out there early on. Um, but I, I think this this group, uh, you know, and they have kind of an interim coach and in Lonnie Teasley uh, continues to get better. I think that the, the rotations that they've been doing with Nichols and uh, – Ja'Kai Moore, uh, who's actually playing really good ball right now, um, has worked. Uh, I think they, I think they just took turns, Mike. I, I think they went quarter by quarter, kind of like uh, you're scheduled to play here, and then you're going to play here, and then it worked. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I think that's a key to the season moving forward is not just overall blocking, you know. And 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 I think I'll say this too. I've been shouting him out all week. Wyatt Campbell is blocking really hard. <laughs> out there when he gets in the game as well. And I like some of those packages they use with he and Atkins, uh, the multiple tight end looks. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, the, you know, he looks, it's kind of wild to see him in number 80 because you see him out there running and it's like, man, is he, how, do, how how's he not, you know, starting on the offensive line or at least in the rotation, but <laughs> it, 
he's done he's done a really good job out there. Um, you know, they they're getting drive up front. Those guys are playing a lot more physical. You know, it seems like we're running a a, a lot more inside zone um, rather than 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 a lot of that wide zone stuff. And I think those guys are a lot more comfortable with that. And we're able to play more downhill. Um, you can see those guys getting to the second level. You can see them come firing off the ball, getting a hat on a hat, and really, uh, you know, and, and and really owning the trenches up front. I mean, they did a great job of of making room for Marshawn Lloyd to run. I think Marshawn Lloyd did a great job of 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 hitting the hole hard and being able to uh, and 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 being able to go one one cut and go. But those guys have done they've done a really good job. They did a really good job on Saturday. I mean, you look at just the numbers. Um, you know, I think some of the some of the different things we did up front were good. I, I you know, I like the play with Atkins coming in motion and blocking downhill. But kind of one thing that I didn't see and I may have missed it is that we never really threw off of that. We never got, you know, we never rolled Rattler outside. I mean, I think that was the the perfect opportunity in the second half on, you know, on a on a second and short or or a third and short to run that same thing and then just put Atkins out in the flat with the receiver coming over the top of it. And I and we didn't do it. And I think that could have been a big. Uh, you know, could have been a big play um, that we could have hit. And that's kind of what I've what I've said about, you know, using what you do to build off of it. You run certain plays to set up to set up the next, whether it's the, the next series or the next quarter, whatever it may be. Um, you know, I think the line, did, you know, there was there were some holes, I think, with Rattler. Um, you know, he did get a little jumpy back there. We did, you know, kind of on, on some pass protections, not exactly do great things, but I'll tell you, there was times in that game where Rattler, I, I've seen it more against Kentucky, but he stepped up in the pocket. There was pressure coming, and he felt the pressure and was able to slide up in the pocket rather than seeing the pressure. And I think that's what was happening to him a lot. You know, the line w w was giving him good protection, but he was more so kind of, you know, seeing the pressure rather than feeling it. So I think he's done a lot better with that. It's still got a long way to go. I think there's a lot that – that you know we could you know coaches could do as play callers to get him more comfortable as well but overall I thought the offensive line played really well and, and was really impressed with the physicality they played with they played hard but they played fast and I think there wasn't as much thinking it was more so just you know fire off the ball and go Michael yeah. uh, go ahead no go ahead. I was gonna say yeah no I, I definitely agree I think one of the keys this week you know just to this Kentucky game Michael was both physicality and execution right I think that's where we we, we played at our best on both of those fronts this past weekend and going into the open week um, kind of like what you were uh, suggesting is you know kind of playing off of what you already have installed I mean as you're putting stuff in with the with a full two weeks how creative do you get making what you already do look different? <laughs> yeah, you know, I think, you know, we've really done a good job. You know, we've always talked about the identity of the football team. What's our identity as an offense? I mean, you can see that we we have to have success running the football. But, you know, I think building our, you know, building play action, building the passing game around the run, because, you know, teams are going to start to see what we're doing. And we're, you know, I'm not saying we're predictable but or or one dimensional by any means but we've got to be able to get rattler comfortable in the passing game getting him outside the pocket um you know getting quick quick passing plays it seems like a lot of what we're doing from the passing game perspective it, it's too too many long developing plays and i think you know you heard on tv jordan rogers saying and he's like it just it feels like we can't rattler just can't take that three-step drop or that five-step drop hit step up and, and get rid of the football it's, it's taking too long to develop and i would you know, what I would like to see um, is us getting Rattler more comfortable, um, whether it's in the pocket or moving the pocket for him or, or play action, getting him outside the pocket on the run. But just some good, clean, 
passing lanes to be able to build that comfort level to where you see him start sliding up in the pocket rather than fading back or, you know, or, or, or trying to, uh, or, you know, trying to shift and not have keeping his eyes downfield. And I think that's going to be very critical for the second half of the year is for us to get rather comfortable, though a lot of quick game type stuff, you know, the hitches, slants, curl, even some of that kind of stuff. We, I haven't really seen us utilize the middle of the field in that window where the, between the linebackers and the safety at that, you know, that, that, that 10 to 15 yard window that a lot of teams can exploit and have a lot of success with success with. So, um, you know, a lot of that is just, you know, getting Rattler comfortable because we are going to be a running football team, but we've got to be able to build our passing game, you know, off of that, but not be as predictable. You know, in watching that game, I felt like we were a little bit predictable in what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of good teams we have in the second half of the schedule that will that are going to pick up on certain tendencies. You know, coaches, when they're studying film, you can really start to see tendencies come out over the course of, you know, I think what three games to get film, three games worth of film, um, I believe. But you can see those tendencies, and that's where we're really going to start to see how defenses start to play this football team because I think there are some tendencies that we tend to rely on, um, especially when we start going fast. But I do like when we get going fast. We we play with tempo. Um, I think we play better with tempo. But um, one thing I'm gonna look 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 towards for the second half of the year is kind of how do we build our passing game around you know how do we build our passing game off the run and kind of how we choose to do it you know is it still a lot of those long developing type plays or are we going to try to get the ball out of Spencer's hand quickly and allow him to get into a rhythm which is what he really needs because you can see when he has time to throw the football that ball jumps out of his hand and throws such a nice easy catchable ball that I think these receivers will start to flourish more. Absolutely. Uh, You know and and I'm with you there. I I think uh, getting him some stuff early in games uh, and, and it was, I mean, the first half the other night and, and when you, when you watch it in person, it's really noticeable. It was very, leth- I don't want to say lethargic, but just extremely methodical. Um, and you're sitting there watching substitutions, people running in and out. The crowd gets almost quiet. And then you, all you see Kentucky's defensive coaches sending guys in and out. It's just, uh, to me, I think you, you, you do yourself a disservice in college football when, you, you 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 may not even be predictable, but you know you allow them to kind of match you. I think the whole purpose of some of these uh, up tempo offenses these days is the defense cannot adjust, and and you allow a defense to adjust in this league um, with the defenses you face, uh, it, it 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 may not be good. I thought the second half, Carolina got lined up quick, almost to the point where they kind of caught Kentucky off guard a couple yeah. of times. Um, yeah. And so I, I think going, you don't have to go Tennessee fast or, uh, you know, nut job fast out there, you know, you, you could, but you could go faster than slow as owl poop, you know, and, and I, that, they were slower than owl poop first half. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I like when we come out and play with tempo, um, you know, and I think just, you know, playing fast, but I, you know, I want to see us get the ball into Jaheim Bell's hands more into juice Wells hands more into Jalen Brooks's hands more and not, trying to do it so far downfield but taking more high percentage pass you know risks to get those guys I mean you see what happens when those guys get the ball in space they they can do a lot of good things and they can do a lot of damage and I think it's, it's really I think it's just big for Rattler as well I think him gaining that com- that comp that comfort and that confidence obviously you can do it you saw you saw what he did at, at Oklahoma I mean he put up unbelievable numbers so the guy can the guy can flat play um but it's just getting him comfortable and not 
taking so many low percentage risks, you know, down the field so often, but really just getting the ball in those guys' hands, you know, it's, it's let them, let them, let them go to work, get them the ball and let them go to work. And that's kind of what I think. Yeah. It's interesting. Like I, I wonder how much confidence is built in Rattler on those quick, you know, perimeter swing passes and things like that, as opposed to hitting something, you know, like curls or slants down the middle of the field. I mean, is, I know completions build up confidence, right? But I mean, when you're talking about trying to build that confidence in game, why not try to get it out beyond the line of scrimmage a bit more? <laughs> that's, it. I mean, yeah, and, that, and that's it. And, and, you know, when those guys, you know, when he starts to get comfortable, the game starts to slow down a little bit. Everything mm-hmm. kind of around you starts to slow down. You, you, you feel okay. You know what guys are doing. And it's, you know, when you're back there scrambling and you're under pressure and you're trying to find guys downfield and you can't see anybody open and you're trying to take off and run and just you can't get comfortable back there. And, and it's, you know, when he gets comfortable, I think the game's going to slow down because you see what he's done. Um, you see what he's done already when he can sit back there and throw it. And, you know, I like to see us sometimes spread it out a little bit more, too. I, I've, I've noticed at times that when we're in those tight, when we're in those tight formations, depending on the location of the Every time, love it. Uh, y'all get me back. Yeah, yeah. back. Hey, it's all right. It's uh, but yeah, but getting the uh, you know, those those the tight situ- the, the the tight formations. I like it, but there's certain t- there's certain times you know we're location on the field where you know the defense can do a lot, and whether that is um, you know blitzing off the edge. I know there was a there was a situation in the first half to where we had tight Kentucky blitz the corner. Rattler didn't see it, but Atkins was wide open in the flat. And it's just being able to see that pressure and feel it. So, um, you know, I think it's all about – I think if he gets comfortable and he can start throwing the ball and we have some success in the passing game, I think this team can be very dangerous in the second half and could potentially start – and I think we can really sneak up on people. Yeah, I, I think he. I think he's close. Uh, I think he's closer now than maybe even – I mean, I know at Arkansas he threw for, what, 377 yards uh, – I think he's closer now maybe than he was then. And I, I think the key is uh, you nailed it. Early in games, less long developing plays, more things to get him settled in and get comfortable. Uh, because because what you do, you, you get him comfortable. Um, I mean, look, I hate to keep going back to Spurrier, but uh, it, it's just kind of what's on my mind a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first game of Spurrier era, first drive, right? Yeah. He, he didn't – Blake didn't throw the bomb to Noah Whiteside the first play of the game, you know, or the second play of the game. Uh, he kind of nibbled, you know. He ran the ball, then he threw a little crossing pattern to Savelle Newton, the yeah. slant that he loved. Uh, and then I think he threw it out in the flat, maybe to Savelle again. and got another first down, and then, boom, play action, touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think Rattler could be more comfortable with some of those longer throws if he gets settled in. You know, yeah. I, I think, you know, I think there's, I think, you know, I like it sometimes when, and they did, Carolina did this in the Muschamp era twice. Um, it didn't work. Uh, but um, first play of the game uh, at Mississippi State in 2016, Perry Orth, uh, and, and he had Debo. I mean, it was just a, just a misconnect uh, there. He went deep. And then at Tennessee, Jake went to Brian Edwards, first play of the game in 2017. Obviously, that would have been big, but that didn't work either, um, you know, and, and and all that. So I, I don't mind sometimes taking a shot that first play, uh, and 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 all that. But I, I do think with Spencer Rattler specifically, uh, you got to get him settled in earlier in games because 
uh, you know, the other night, two thirds of the team started out on fire, yeah. defense and special teams. And, you know, yeah. your offense is still kind of clunking around. You leave points on the field, um, you know, in a closer, closer contest, that's going to cost you. You're going to be like the bears last night, full of regret and sorrow. I'd say you're hundred percent right about that. I mean, I, you know, I feel like that game, we dominated that game. We dominated the line, both lines of scrimmage. Um, and, you know, with special teams between the, the, the block and, and the, the gifted first touchdown with Davis Balding and Tonka Hemingway, I mean, you know, that's 14 points right there. And, you know, we weren't able to do a whole lot outside of, 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 of that. And so, you know, that's kind of where, you know, the getting those guys comfortable, that play calling comes in because you're right, it's going to come back to bite us. And, you know, it felt like that we just dominated that game and that it shouldn't have even been close. Like it was like a 42 to 14 type type of game. Um, mm -hmm. It's what it felt like. I never felt like that game was in jeopardy. Um, I thought Clayton White did a phenomenal job um, of play calling on defense. I, I thought the defense was was very, um, you know, we, we had a lot of success on first down which is exactly what we need. We put Kentucky into a lot of down and distance situations that made them predictable to where we were able to do a lot, uh, to do a lot on defense that got creative. I mean, that, that defensive front four, um, you know, they played really well. And I'll tell you, when Zach Pickens is in the game, good things happen. Um, he's what he's been able to do this year and the steps and growth that he's had has been pretty dang uh, impressive. And he's really, kind of like a Javon Kinlaw. He's a, he's a game wrecker. Um, you know, and they did a really good job of making Kentucky's quarterback uncomfortable and really making Kentucky's offensive coordinator, like I've said before, try to outsmart Clayton White over there. And when you try to outsmart the coach across the field, it tends to, to not work out as well because you're not <laughs> doing what you're good at. And that's kind of what happened on the first play of the game. You think if Will Evans is in there, Kentucky run, try, tries to run that reverse, I, you know, I don't, I don't think so. And so – it was a hell of a play by Spalding, though. I tell you, um, you know, I, I like what we did. We brought pressure. Um, we got creative. We were kind of hot. We were, like I said, like a, a high risk, high reward. Um, and Clayton White did a really good job of, of getting guys into position to help make plays. Um, you know, there, there, there was a play where I feel like, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a stop that Birch had where uh, I think it was Darius Rush kind of blitzed the blitzed and set the edge, which allowed Jordan Rush, which allowed Jordan Birch to really take a chance on slanting and getting in there and stopping the run. And he did a really good job getting down the line and getting his getting his head in there and, and making a play on Rodriguez. So it was fun to watch that defense, seeing a lot of man-to-man -man situations, um, seeing those guys play well and they really flew around the they really flew around the field. I mean those guys played fast. They all flew to the football. Um, every play, and uh, I think the way that defense played is the is the the way of the Clayton White defense of last year, and a lot of those young guys stepping up. I tell you, Gilbert Edmond has been really good, and he's played really tough. And those guys are they're playing very they played very fundamentally sound, um, which was good which was good to see because you know Kentucky in the past has really gashed us with the run, and I think you know Rodriguez had a good game but they weren't able to have success throwing the football. And so with them being in a lot of those predictable down and distance situations really paid benefit, I think, and um, helped that defense just play really, really well. I did. I like the aggressive mindset. Uh, and, and, you know, they took the fight to the Kentucky offensive line. And in some of these Kentucky-Carolina games previously, the Kentucky offensive line has taken the fight to the Gamecocks. So yeah. uh, I, I thought that was good. That looked like a – 
a lot of the Carolina defensive performances, Michael, we're used to around here. You know, on the road, D-line getting after it, a lot of, lot of sacks, turnovers, big plays, uh, that kind of thing. And, and I thought I thought they were good. They got, they're going to have their hands full again next Saturday night, uh, you know, no matter who plays quarterback for Texas A&M. But uh, that's going to be uh, another opportunity, though. And, and I think, you know, getting guys back like Devontae Reed and Boogie Huntley and you know, guys like that. That's going to be uh, that's going to be big for this defense too, from a depth perspective. I mean, you know, they weren't really they, they trotted Spalding out there at safety, and but then DQ Smith led the team in tackles and uh, Emin Warren. So, so you're dealing with freshmen and, and yeah. people that have not played the position back there at safety, um, which probably would explain the uh, one touchdown Kentucky got. The guy was wide open; it was a busted coverage, but uh, you know, I I I, I thought the, the back end held up pretty doggone well. Yeah, they did. I mean, it was impressive what they're able to do. Um, you know, especially with 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 those freshmen. Um, you know, it's crazy seeing. You know, you asked at the beginning of the year if they're two, if you got two freshmen starting at safety, why well, do you think the defense is going to be and probably be be questioning yourself a little bit? But um, and I think the depth that we've been able to develop back there has been great. Um, ha, you know, with the emergence of even Worry and Smith. I mean, I don't think anybody thought those two guys would be starting um, with the group of DBs that were brought in, especially. Um, you know, in last year's class, but you know, it's it, it, this game was was huge. Not only I say a must win, you know, every game is a must win. But I think going into the bye week with a loss and being at three and three, and mm. in the SEC would have been a long two weeks. And you know, the the, the atmosphere around the building probably wouldn't have been as as upbeat. And that's exactly what we needed. What we need going into the A and M game is an upbeat locker room. The pra- everybody's happy on the practice field. Everybody's up tempo, playing faster, moving around faster. So I think that really helped. You know, to have a good week of practice this week, really going into the bye week, let everybody get kind of those rest and recharge, and uh, those little things and, and little injuries that you got going into A and M. So I think you know, the bye comes at a perfect time. Winning at Kentucky on the road was perfect going into the bye, and I think it's really good for the energy of this team going into A and M because there's a you know A and M is a good football team. They're not a bad team, and I think um, we have a really good shot this year. And not having a lot of success against A and M in the past, this is a really big game for us. And you know this is really going to set the tone for the second half of the year. I think, and we 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 really need to come out strong against A and M, no matter who the quarterback is. Um, so I'm, you know, I think defensively the team we're being carried by the defense, but want to see the offense kind of take that next step, really, and kind of have Rattler start to flourish and and kind of have that coming out party. It'd be awfully nice to see it against A and M coming off the bye and really coming out and having some success and um, putting some points on the board. Absolutely. All right, Michael. Uh, enjoy your. Uh game this weekend i don't know what that was uh are you football watching this weekend alabama or tennessee you know i think it's gonna be a good game and i know alabama has struggled a little bit but i don't know man that that that, will anderson is so good and um you know it's hard to go against alabama i think it's gonna be a good game but i think alabama at, at the end comes away with it as hard as it is to say um i think alabama wins it all right. Michael Flint will be back with you next Friday. Uh, certainly will be an exciting episode uh, next Friday because uh, big game in Columbia the next weekend. Uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, man. Enjoyed it, fellas. Y'all have a good one. Thanks. thanks. That's Wando's world for this week.
Always a great segment with him. And, nice. and all yeah, that. glad to get him back. <laughs> uh, 76 is the broadcast keeps farting. Was that I, true? I, I heard it like three times. Yeah, it's very <laughs> clear. In my, I was like, you know. It wasn't me. My, my seat didn't vibrate. So my, <laughs> usually would. I don't know. I just I love how there's always like a little glitchy something or a drifty camera or something like that when Michael's on. It just makes the whole it yeah. just makes the segment for me. It really does. I love the production it. value of Wando's world. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But it's awesome. It's awesome. He said it was his phone. So no, anyway, no. great segment with Michael Flint as always. We'll be back to wrap it up. Final segment of the week and a heck of a week it's been. Uh, the bye week's flown by. Uh, we got five episodes in, so that's good with me. <laughs> I'm happy, happy to get through a full week for the for the first time in a couple of weeks. But uh, we'll be back to wrap it up. I got a excuse me mailbag question coming up, and I guess I need to go drink some water here. Oh, we'll be back after these messages. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team. Proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, Don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food, truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, Take it away, Noah. 
What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasporch.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Hey, man. Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues. And I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts. But I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low, too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Braylon Wimmer, South Carolina Gamecock Baseball. And you are listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Go Cox! Welcome back to the show, everybody. The second hour of the show is brought to you by the Burgess and team at Remax at the Lake. Of course, give Adam or Derek a call for your commercial or multifamily real estate needs. Uh, or shoot them an email, Adam. His email is a Burgesson, B E R G E S O N, at remax.net. And of course, we're brought to you by Manscaped. Save 20% and free shipping worldwide on manscaped.com with the code Big Spur. Outstanding. Yeah. Um, our 14 year old kid asked us to buy Manscaped for him. How do you, how do you deal with that? I'm just going to do it. I'm just, you know, I'm just, I don't want to know. Just take the kit, put it downstairs. I don't want to see it. I don't want to know. I don't know why he wants it. I don't want to know what he does with it. I'm just going to get it for him. I, I don't know. I, I just, it's... He's, he's asked for it like four or five times. We were talking about Christmas, you know, because I'm, uh, we got a Disney trip with my mom and my niece coming up uh, the day after Christmas. So Christmas is going to kind of be, I need to start on it, right? And I was asking about Christmas. He brings up the Manscaped thing. And I'm like, uh, okay. And then he, he's like, can I, can I get it soon? And I'm like, oh, God. And so I, I guess I'm going to hop on and get him, uh, what is it, the performance package? That's right. The performance package 4.0 comes yeah. with the uh, one more 4.0, the weed whacker, nose and ear trimmer. Get him some uh, under the waist uh, deodorant and toner. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I want to know. I don't want to know what you do with it. Uh, nice soft pair of boxers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's talking about that. I say, I, I thought, you know, because he wears like I've got these shirts that say "Find a damn way" on them. Yes, uh, yeah. and he wears that to school and doesn't get in trouble. But I was like, that that you know that Manscaped T-shirt mentions your balls. I don't know that uh, it says balls on it. So uh, you know, balls I, will be happy. I don't. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm like maybe you get kicked out of the show. Well, you don't want him to not use the right tools for the right job with Manscaped. 
Uh, well, the, his, you know, his dad can can tell him I'm not. Dude, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the cool stepdad. I'm not, I'm not, my responsibility. I hear you. I take him to school and buy him things and get him a Gatorade and you know cheer for their football. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. That's. Uh, I did teach the older one how to shave his face. But I'm see, not, there you go. Yeah. I'm not going. I mean that that's that's uh that's other dad job. Wow, I yeah, yeah, I just can't. You know, you have girls, so you're lucky. That's true. That's because anything like that, you just Dina just deals with. You know, yeah. just, mm-hmm. just see it. Right, good. Nice. Yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, you handle that one. You anyway, yeah, you, you do that one, and we'll get uh, get going there. But anyway, uh, so that's the deal with that. Um, lots of comments about the show today. Um. Tony says, enjoy the show, JC and Phil. You do the great job. Doc says, Phil is the perfect straight man for JC. It's the most funnest place in the cocky verse. Thank awesome. You. Thanks, Doc. Uh, one of the things about the show I wanted to do, and, and I, don't, I don't know that Phil's a straight man. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. Uh, he's I've been kinda... married for almost 20 years. Oh, is that not what he meant? Uh, no. He, uh, he, uh, you know, but, but as far as that, you know, I, my, my goal with this, because uh, the website guys, I mean, most of you guys follow me on the website. You interact with me on the website. The way I write is a lot different than the way I speak. And it comes across, you know, basically rigid and informative and at times argumentative on the website. Um, but, but, like the real me is like different, you know? And so I, I kind of like to be myself on this. And my goal is to always make it almost entertaining and informative, you know, cause I, I could sit here and rattle off stats and we could debate and break things down and all that. And we do. Uh, but if we don't have fun doing it, I don't know. You know, it's kind of one of those things. That's the um, thing. It's gotta be entertaining. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, Kulanda, Kulanda said, this is one of the best segs into an ad promo in media history. <laughs> Probably so. A lot of it's ham-handed, but sometimes we nail it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. We... Uh, going back, Craiger has a good point though about the the offense. I want to see us press up on the receivers next weekend. Don't sit back and let the freshman Deacon dunk seven or eight yards down the field and give him easy throws. Make him uncomfortable. Um, Craig, that's a good idea. I, I'll I'll caution against that to a certain extent because they've got a kid, Evan Stewart. I think it's his name, five-star freshman. Really had a big game against Bama. He's elite. And so if you don't maybe put Cam Smith on him one-on-one or something like that, you could you could run the risk of giving up a big play. Uh, that said, uh, I, I think that in general, the defense needs to continue to play aggressive. Uh, I, I, think I think the guys have more fun when they do. Uh, I think they're able to recover from bad plays and not let things snowball uh, when they're, they're playing aggressive. Um, because, you know, just at any point when the Gamecocks are playing that way on defense and, and, and it's been that way since Clayton White's been here uh, for 19 games, um, they'll give up a play and, you know, big play, something like that. And it, But in most games, you know, a turnover or something big out of the defense is just right around the corner. Uh, mm-hmm. and I think when they're flying around having fun playing and they look like they're having a lot of fun Saturday night, um, those good things tend to happen. So I think aggression is a big key. So uh, moving forward, uh, Jared says those boards are toxic over there. I'd much rather interact with everyone here. Uh, you mean on Big Spur? 
Yeah, we have a. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's top. We have we have a lot of we have a younger crowd there now. Uh, it's evolved over the years. <laughs> um, you know, it's good to interact here on the show. But I, 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 I'm always I'm all over the message board. You know, I'm always uh, uh, I'm still there writing articles, doing things um, with the site, and obviously this is kind of part of the site. It's affiliated with uh, all that. It produces content for you know CBS Video and. Uh, all that stuff. It's part of my deal with them. So, um, but anyway, you know, that's, uh, uh, I, I wanted to point just from my personal standpoint that, uh, I feel like you guys get to know the real me a little bit more with the, in, the, in this setting than, than on a message board where, uh, you know, I kind of read some of my stuff and I'm like, you're a jerk. <laughs> I'm like, man, you're, you're a jerk. If I was just reading this and I was somebody else and didn't, I was like, this guy's a jackass you know yeah, some, some yeah. all the time Craig says the best thing about this show is the involvement from the listeners there are really smart football minds in this room it's been fun getting to know you all and we need a meetup yeah I, I enjoy it that's uh and that's by design too because I like to interact um I like to kind of uh get let you guys drive the conversation at times mm-hmm. Um, and we have guests, you know, when, when I did this, uh, when it was just the inside the Gamecocks podcast, it was just me. I was like the Dr. Michael Savage of Gamecock podcast. Cause I would just get on and talk, you know, I, I wish I was as, as funny as him sometimes, but uh, no, it, it was just like a monologue, you know, and they're like, who is this crazy guy in his mom's basement doing a Gamecock podcast? But it was popular. People liked it. Um, but you know, I definitely needed a co-host. Definitely need more guests. If you're going to go two hours and stream it, you got to do it that way. So, um, anyway, long story short, I don't want to sit there and brag about the show over and over again. But it, it's been a smashing success uh, thus far, um, and a lot of it's because of you guys. And That's right. We appreciate yeah, the, it. the interaction. Does it makes it awfully unique? Uh, we love the the Nana Sports chat boxers, the I help consulting mailbaggers. It's all, you know, it's, it's like Bozo, man. It's the cast of thousands. <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah. All right. So I've got a, uh, I've got a giveaway here. Uh, I'm, I'm going to send out another magnet right. and a Carolina rise koozie and a, a bottle of, of Billy G's barbecue rub to the, the person in the chat box that gets this question, right? First person is this question, right? Right. All right, South Carolina's played Michigan, Ohio State, and Missouri multiple times in bowl games. They've also played one other team multiple times in bowl games. Who would that be? Ding dong. Everybody else they played once, but there's a there's a fourth team they've played they've played Michigan uh twice. They've played Ohio State twice, 4-0, by the way, against those cats. Uh, and they played Missouri twice in a bowl. Um, and so uh, Michigan, Ohio State, and, Missouri, and uh, Missouri. So who is the fourth one that they played multiple times in a bowl? Wrong answer so far. Wisconsin, nope. Ohio State, we mentioned. Pitt, we mentioned. Ohio State, Nebraska, we mentioned. They only played them once in a bowl. Uh, they had a home and home in 86, 87, two heart wrenching losses, by the way, back then in my youth, um, Todd Ellis's first team, that team was three, six and two. Nebraska was first in the country, almost beat them in Columbia. And then the next year they're 21, 13 in Nebraska. Uh, I think Sharp or Bethay had it, um, a, a big catch and Krieger got it. Krieger got the right answer. Mm. West Virginia. 
West by God, Virginia. West by God, Virginia. Um, speaking of them playing last night, you know, I figured that'd be a good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gamecocks played them in 1969. Uh, ironically, you know, the Peach Bowl folks, I, I don't, I'm not going to say they don't like Carolina, but you, you look at the invites Carolina gets over to that bowl or to anything in Atlanta compared to some of the other local teams. Um, you know, it's taken until 2025 to get in the Chick-fil-A kickoff. Uh, and then the only two times Carolina has been to the Peach Bowl, what's known as the Peach Bowl, uh, have been like the uh, championship years, uh, the ACC championship, 1969. Carolina played West Virginia in the Peach Bowl. And then they played Jimbo Fisher in Florida State after winning the East in 2010. Um, but, uh, you know, West Virginia, that, there's that 69 game. West Virginia won 14-3 to in Atlanta. And then the first bowl win, in Gamecock history, came at the Carquest Bowl, which is, um, gosh, it's where the stadium where the Dolphins play now. It was called Joe Robbie Stadium at the time, but they it's, it's Land Shark or Hard Rock or something now. I think is it still Hard Rock? Yeah. It's probably still Hard Rock. I think uh, so. Uh, and the Gamecocks won 24-21. Uh, man, Boomer Foster, who's uh, been a member of my site, he's one of my favorite players when I was a kid. Uh, I think caught a touchdown in that game. Brandon Bennett, Steve Tannehill. Stanley Pritchett in that game. A lot of good good get names there. Brad Scott's first year. Carolina won 24-21. First bowl win in school history against West Virginia. Craig, if you email us, inside the game guys at gmail.com, your address and uh, all that good stuff, I'll send you your prize packet out. Billy G's Barbecue Rub, Inside the Game Guys' Show Magnet, Carolina Rise Koozie. You can't beat it. His address is 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. <laughs> Merry, Merry Halloween yeah. from the White House. Yeah, yeah. By the way, speaking of, speaking of Halloween, I, I'm still looking for a Mayor McCheese costume. If anybody out there can find one, I've looked on Amazon. I can't find one anywhere. I, I, I will. Maybe Halloween. Halloween yeah. show, I'll show up as Mayor McCheese. As long, it's probably a big foam head though, so I don't know how I'm going to do the show if I can't, if my mouth can't, you know. If they get you a small mic to wear inside the head, so like, what, what's that character for bad Bane or whatever? Mayor McCheese. <laughs> you can get evil with like an evil McCheese, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ronald Grimace comes in, saves the day, or somebody murders Grimace. Who was it? It was evil McCheese. Jeez. He turned. Yeah, he turned like and it was like (laughs) Ronald's walking around all something's going on at the mayor's office, right? (laughs) The fry guys are standing out there going, I don't know anything, smoking cigarettes. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know anything, Ronald. Please leave me alone, copper, you know. (laughs) Who murdered a grimace? Automatically, everybody thinks it's the damn hamburger, but that's not true. That's right. Yeah, he's, he's framed. Easy, yeah. Yeah. He's, framed. he's been framed. He's framing me, copper. See, see, the answer lies in the mayor's office. Uh, evil McCheese, touchdown, Carolina! <laughs> touchdown, evil McCheese! John got it. Touch Mayor McCheese over the top. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Touchdown, Carolina. Touchdown, Mayor McCheese. He's to the 55, the 65. Who killed Grimace? Evil McCheese. <laughs> Doc says bi-week content. Yeah, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, listen, uh, we've had fun this week. It's been awesome. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I'll tell you guys next week, we got a lot of guests lined up, a lot of good, uh, a good, a lot of good guests, a lot of good conversation. Uh, by the way, uh, Shane Beamer senses a great confidence within his team. That's a new article up on the big spur. If you guys want to go read it, uh, trying to figure out the poll here, if they'll let me pull it up on Twitter. Um, okay, here we go. Hey, very nice. Uh, Tied 66.7%, Vols 33 and a third. Uh, I'll say this about that game too, Phil. As far as Bryce Young playing or not, latest article read was uh, the, the dreaded game time decision, which is look, people get mad at Beamer about injuries. Uh, those that want, and I understand because of the, the, the first look, the, the must champ injury thing. Uh, I didn't, for a long time, I was like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. He's a coach. I don't care. It ended up frustrating me to a certain extent, just because there was just like, you, you never knew, like if somebody was actually out for the year, you didn't know. Poor Xavier Leggett. Um, and that caused us and, and some other folks to sit there and just say, well, maybe he's just not that good. Well, no, he's got one leg. <laughs> he can't walk on one leg. So uh, he's out. So, you know, and, and so I understand that. But, man, you look around the country, there's all, all of these are game time decisions. Mark Stoops flat out lied the other night. Yeah, mm-hmm. he said, oh, "I'll tell you if he's out." He was out, but but my point is th- this Alabama Tennessee line feel the, this point spread. I don't think's changed that much this week. Has That's it? what I was going to ask. Is, is it still Vegas a seven and a half? Line? Yeah. yeah, and I don't think they have. I still I think it's still right at about a touchdown, which means they either don't know anything or you know, yeah, or there's no news. Joey says, shut the refrigerator door. It's a Carolina touchdown. That'd be like a Charlie Mack Alexander call. Shut the refrigerator door. It's a Carolina touchdown. <laughs> I still I still miss Bob Fulton, man. There's a high spiraling kick up in the air. Carolina at the 25-yard line. So anyway, yeah. thanks, got Craig. you on that address, Craig. Yep, we got you. We got you. I'll probably mail it out tomorrow morning. I got a bunch of Carolina Rouse stuff to mail out tomorrow, so I'll mail it out in that batch for you. Congratulations, as always, for to our winners. We're gonna I do more questions, more giveaways. I've I've got to order more show magnets and some other show swag that we'll be giving away right here uh, on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. All right, so the mailbag. We got one question here. It's long, Evan. I think what I'm going to do is save this, bud, until Monday because uh, it's a it's a Satterfield topic, <laughs> and it's 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 you've got a lot of great points here, uh, and I just want to save it. So Phil, remind me to to read Evans. Yeah, uh, we'll leave him. We'll leave him unread through the weekend. That would yeah. be glaringly obvious. And, and I, Isaiah, I got your email, and I appreciate that. And uh, we can't bring him on because he's a direct competitor. Uh, there's very few people we can't bring on, but that person is somebody that we can't. We just there's 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 it's not a blacklist because I uh, that's kind of ugly to say, but there's just some people that work for direct competitors that we can't bring on our show. Uh, direct direct competitors. So, but uh, we'll have plenty of people to talk uh, on the subject you're talking about there. I didn't want you to think I was ignoring you, Isaiah, but uh, that's the deal there. Uh, all right, uh, so we're going to save that. Going to get some more chat box questions. Um, Austin says, prepare for an incredible packaging job on that Billy G's. Yeah, that's right. Austin got some. <laughs> mm-hmm. so that's good. Doc says, Bama goes into Neyland and getting penalized for 100 yards 
Uh, it turns the ball over. Tennessee. Well, all right. So if Bama goes into Neyland and gets penalized for 100 yards and turns the ball over, Tennessee will roll. Yeah. And, and this Alabama team this year, uh, the Texas game, which was kind of close, too close for comfort, but they had a lot of penalties. Um, and then the A&M game, they turned it over four times. So yeah. they can't uh, play like they did this past weekend and win up there. I mean, the, no. Tennessee is too good this year. Tennessee's a momentum team too. Yeah. So you mm-hmm. uh, you do some crap like LSU tried to do against them. LSU just looked disinterested, to be honest with you. Uh, Tennessee had a lot to do with that. You know, they're going to jump on you and put their foot on the gas and you won't recover. Kind of like the Gamecocks last year, you know. Uh, you, you had a really small window to 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 counter them, and, and the teams that stay in the game with them uh, counter them or that beat counter them. I mean, every, every team on the schedule Tennessee faced, including Alabama and Georgia last year, they got off to a great start. Uh, it's the teams that match that and then kind of you know pull away uh, that that make it. Uh, make it good. Uh, or, and they're not falling apart in the second half of football games this year like they were last year. So that's the oh, other thing. They're, they're playing more complete football. They they sustained it against LSU because when LSU scored to cut it to 20 set to 7, I was like, well, they have a shot. But same old uh, discombobulated uh, uh, LSU offense showed up second half. Tennessee won easily. And uh, they're going to go vertical. A hooker, hooker is so accurate throwing the ball. Um, puts it right there. I mean, and he's in a zone right now. It just should be a heck of a game, a heck of a game. Uh, Tennessee defense has played better than I expected. I'll admit that right now. Uh, I think there's a different level of challenge coming this weekend. Um, and they did get lit up by Florida and Pitt. I mean, Pitt, honestly, Pitt should have won the game had their two quarterback. I mean, their first quarter, Slovis got hurt. And then the, the backup was walking around on one leg. You know, I mean, at the end of that one, and it went to overtime. Um, Joey says, must eat place in Nashville. I always tell people, uh, go get the Hattie B's Nashville hot chicken. It's nothing fancy. Uh, I also like the Southern uh, for kind of a finer dining. It's not super fine, uh, but they've got really good, tasty uh, Southern cuisine, kind of like Nana's Porch, uh, and it's really good uh, too. So my favorite place on earth uh, is sitting back on uh, at uh, Legends Corner, uh, back toward the back porch near the Ryman or on the back porch. Uh, it's awesome because I, I always think, and, you know, have a few beers or whatever. Uh, it's awesome because you can kind of see the, the the Ryman and all that. And the live music is at the front of the house. So it's loud enough where you can hear it and enjoy it, but you can still sit there and have a conversation with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, when Nat, when I, my first, first date with Nat actually was, uh, uh, she flew down to Atlanta Memorial day and we drove up to Nashville, uh, and went to see Eric church. And, uh, that was kind of the first spot we hit right there. Uh, so man, skinnier back then, a lot of good pictures of me. I look good. <laughs> pandemic Chicago, Chicago food and pandemics taking its toll on old JC here, man. Yeah, I saw a picture of you around that time. We were all a little thinner then. <laughs> yeah, man, I was like, oh, I had guns. You know, uh, Clint says, when's the last time LSU Florida was pretty meaningless from a national perspective? I love how he answers this question, too. Yeah, his last, year's game. last year. Yeah, Quantrell's like, yep, last year. <laughs> it, it, it seemed meaningless in the shoe with the shoe, uh, shoe situation a couple of years oh, ago, but that, that ended up being an infamous play. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know LSU took them to took them down 
last season. Uh, and one in the swamp with the, in the shoe game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, of course, on the Coach O. We don't know how Brian Kelly is going to do in Gainesville. Uh, when they're talking, go Tigers. Go Tigers. Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly. Family. Joe, Joe Burrow. Jambalaya. Average Jambalaya. Huh. Huh. <laughs> oh, man, this is Coach O, and I'm here to tell you about average Jambalaya. It isn't good. It isn't bad. But I eat it. But it'll get you full. Give me some give me some crackers or a piece of bread. Uh, Jared says locals like the chicken at Prince's in Nashville, but Hattie's is pretty much the exact same thing with the longer line. Yeah, I, I like Hattie's because you can go sit down, and the line does suck, and that's made me avoid eating there, <laughs> you know, the last couple of times I've been in Nashville. But uh, if you hit it at the right time, it's good. Also, for breakfast, I would recommend, this is another place on the line, uh, the Pancake Pantry. It's a strong roll. It's a strong roll. Pancake pantry is a strong roll. Pancake um, pantry. Uh, says, wouldn't mind going to a Florida-Georgia game from a non-biased perspective? Heard those tailgates are legendary. Yeah, a friend of mine actually went to the, the, the cocktail, cocktail party last <laughs> year. They won't mm-hmm. let you call it the cocktail party anymore. It's like, it can't be officially the cocktail party. Yeah, well, well, whatever. That's exactly what it is. You know, it's just a cocktail party. Clint says Brian Kelly sticks out like a turd in a punch bowl in Baton Rouge. Yes. I, you know, I thought that or I, I, more and more though. I don't. I don't necessarily think it's because he's a Midwesterner, because so was Les Miles, so was Nick Saban, so was Jerry Donardo. Uh, <laughs> those guys didn't. I mean, those guys fit in fine. Um, in in Louisiana, they have a they are probably a higher Catholic population. Uh, than most of the other states in the South. I think, I think I read that. I heard it on the radio. No, um, <laughs> maybe something my mom told me, you know, it's like a, a while back. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, but, but I think it's more Brian Kelly, you know, who he is. The, yeah. I just think it's his personality. He's I, just- I, don't, yeah, I, I was like, well, they've hired Midwestern guys before. And I, I'm, I don't, I'm not a Brian Kelly hater because the guys worked, He's earned. I mean, uh, unlike somebody like, and not Lane Kiffin now, but Lane Kiffin when he first got the Tennessee job or whatever, you know, Lane was kind of born on third base. The, I mean, he, he's a son of a coach, you know, uh, that kind of thing. Got the big break with Pete Carroll. You know, Brian Kelly used to coach at Grand Valley State and did so for 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he goes to, to Central Michigan and wins, and then he goes to Cincinnati and wins, and then he – is the all-time winningest coach in Notre Dame history, which is saying something. I mean, Lou Holtz, Newt Rockney, you know, Era Parsegian. Brian Kelly's won more games than all of them. Um, and so I like him. It's just LSU. I, I don't know. I, I just haven't – you know, something's like missing there. And, and he – you know, I know they, they lost a lot of players too. So uh, – but that will be interesting to see. I it wouldn't surprise me a bit to see him beat Florida because – Here's a secret. They're not good. Florida's not very good. They're not very good this year. They're, they're not, not awful, good. but they're not great. Yeah, that's right. Um, getting by on brand recognition alone. <laughs> Doc, Doc says, close the fridge, clown. <laughs> um, Brian says, imagine Beamer rips off 61 straight wins and Phil's mustache goes to his kneecaps. Hey, I'll go full ZZ Top if we can win 61 straight games. Confucius there, man. (laughs) I am Confucius Mullinax. That's right. All right, time to go. 
Everyone, have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy your college football. I know I am. And uh, we'll get back to it on Monday. Uh, I guess we're going to say David Cloninger will join us Monday. And yep, Keith David. will have his normal Monday appearance, hopefully. Um, and uh, we're going to get – David, last time he was on, was really funny, I thought. I thought he was very entertaining. So we're going to get him back on and hopefully get him back on more often. And ask him about some uh, the uh, uh, trip down memory lane in men's basketball. Uh, that they wrote about at the Charleston Post Courier, plus get his take on AM coming in. All right, everyone, have a wonderful weekend. Thanks to the Nanosports chat boxers. Thanks to our sponsors. Thanks to everyone that listens on the podcast side of things. For Phil Mullinax, this is JC Sherbert. Have a great weekend, everyone. This has been Inside the Game Costa Show. We will holla.